Hold on, didn't quite get that. Monty, let's clap one more time. Three, two, one. I'm I restarted my recording. I was trying to All mash, right. I was I was trying All to right, mash everybody. my keyboard to fuck with you and then I accidentally just deleted my recording. Alright, well man, that means you gotta clap again. So everybody, clap in three, two, one. Clap! Clap again three, two, one. Clap! Clap again three, two, one. Clap! I just Matt, started recording and I only got one clap in, so you'll know where the mark is. I, I swear to God, I'm gonna fucking kill you guys. <laughs> you okay. didn't say when you told me to just like okay, start all over. Again. I didn't I tell you to stop, Monty. Oh, I did not I don't tell know. you to stop. You're the producer. I've told no one to stop recording. <laughs> right. Which means when I say that word, you should do that word, but I did not say that word. Okay. Matt. Are you running? Are you recording? Are you on? I st- I thought I thought we were stopping. <laughs> no, I'm, fucking I'm with still you. I'm recording. recording. Yeah, I haven't I haven't stopped okay, recording. Okay, Matt, Matt, you're recording. Yeah, that's technically true. Monty, are you recording? Yeah. What do you, you mean can... it's technically true, Matt? <laughs> How's that is technically a technical, true? It you is technical. It okay. is a technical thing. So what we're gonna do? We're going to clap in one more time. And Matt, I don't need you to clap loudly. Clap. I don't need. No, you can't do that, though, because I, I need a sharp noise it, so that I can sharp. sync it up. No, you're saying clap. Okay, if I say clap, <laughs> that, is, that, a that is a word. I'm saying okay? it really loud. A word okay, is technically no, it doesn't, a noise. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how loud you say it, Matt. It takes you half a second to say it. And in that time, there's a clap. certain variance. Like, Welcome to Four Times the Charm, where Clap. niches need. I'm your producer, Ben, Clap. alongside Clap. Marty Janetti and Marty Janetti <laughs> with a wow. broken finger. Wow. We have a lovely episode today. We're, we're going to brighten things up a bit from the last few weeks of trigger-inducing horrific revelations about the wrestling industry as a whole by talking about everyone's favorite thing niche and neat injuries in combat sports things we've experienced things we've seen we've heard of oh my god we're talking about injuries because what's quirkier than an injury i was willing to watch a movie how uh, monty how are you doing today i'm good yeah well matt well matt we could have watched a movie except someone had to go uh, lose their their Gustav Doré inspiration, okay? You're. I was happy to not search for that. I was happy. Oh, okay. To sit here Forgive and me watch for trying to help minutes. my friend. I watched a really creepy horror movie. A tattoo. Let's talk about that, Monty. Ben, that creepy shut up. horror movie was really good. It what, caught what me what by creepy, God. Wait, what? What, creepy, oh. what did you? What movie did you watch, Monty? <laughs> it's a two thousand and. I think 2007, 2008 uh, horror film, indie horror film called Lake Mungo. Have you guys seen that one? Or talked about it? Certainly have not. So the premise is that this, it kind of goes backwards. It's like a mockumentary style of um, filming, like storytelling. And it talks about this girl named uh, Alice... Palmer, a 16-year-old girl 
who drowns while swimming with her family at a dam uh, in uh, in Australia. And her brother Matthew sets up a video camera around the house, you know, recording what seems to be images of Alice's ghosts. And Matt, you're going to love this one. This is like the effects they did, the grainy effects of the ghosts. It's really creepy. But anyways, it kind of goes back and forth. Like you, you see her when she was alive and she's talking about it, how she's and some family is starting to see these start experiencing haunting in the house. Uh, and, and psychologists are thinking maybe it's because of the grief. And then, yeah, so it leaves you, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. I think this is a, definitely one good homework assignment, but, um, for one of you guys, Matt, I think you, uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, it's a shocking ending, a really freaky mm. ending, actually, how they shot it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it mentioned many times on YouTube, um, as one of the top horror movies that you gotta watch. It's one of the top tens for sure. Wow. I'm, I'm already feeling, I'm already feeling titillated from this. I'm quite yeah. interested. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've been in like this documentary mood. Um, I recently also uh, found a, a classic documentary called Shocking Asia. You can find Ooh. it on YouTube. It it's it's not a mockumentary. It's actually an okay. actual documentary from the eighties, nineteen eighty four, where mm-hmm. these camera crews went to Asia to study their cultures, and it can get pretty graphic uh, in some mm-hmm. scenes where. Uh, they went to Thailand and um, they actually filmed the whole uh, transgender operation. What? Wow. Yeah, from a, uh, a man to a female. <clears throat> I don't know if you can fully appreciate a documentary until it's removed from the time it was originally made in. Yeah. But Wait, say that again. I don't think you can fully have an appreciation for a documentary until you watch it in the time period that it wasn't made in, because okay, the documentary yeah. itself is a documentary of the era, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing I found interesting in there was uh, there was a play back in the day, and when I say that, in the 1980s in Japan a production uh, about Nazis and the whole, I believe that the whole like marketing campaign was all about Nazis. And the play is actually called my friend Hitler. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And it's apparently very brutal to watch. Sounds like Jojo rabbit. Yeah. Kind of that, but a little more, uh, more violent. Yeah. But anyway, it's kind of like that, except like, (laughs) not <laughs> and really sad and yeah uh, a lot of violence um but yeah it's it's uh it's been a hell of a week literally so yeah that, literally that's been monty's been well, in on, hell on that parallel we'll be no mind will be will be who's will be <laughs> who's will be how do you not I'll... know who will be is is he is he related where, where is to soon to be <laughs> where's will be he's 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 willoughby in the round 
He's a wombat. But uh. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. Uh, let's get to launched, get back to the main topic. Into us reviewing the new Hell House movie, it would have been the perfect parallel. Is there a well, new Hell Matt, House movie? Yeah, Hell House Origins. Apparently, is it it's good? Really good. I've heard uh, only amazing things. I liked the original. Um, some of the sequels were a bit generic, but for like an Amityville horror esque franchise, it actually really holds up. And then. I've yet to watch uh, Origins, but I've only heard outstanding things. Okay. Same, same okay. about the new season of True Detective. I've heard outstanding stuff about it. Oh, I, I yeah. haven't heard of Hell House in forever. Yeah, House, I don't. It's I think Hell the original LLC, LLC is, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. the first yeah. one's like 2012 or something 2015. like that. 2015. I watched that. I believe they're all on Shutter. So I watched the original one maybe a year ago or probably last october i think um and i recently heard about the newest one and apparently it is fantastic so there's four hell house movies yeah i heard there's the sequels in between are, are crap yeah. yeah hell house llc 2015 mm-hmm. hell house llc 2 the abaddon hotel 2018 Hell yeah. Hell House LLC 3 Lake of Fire, September 2019. So we know that those are good movies. And then a spinoff is the latest one. Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. All released exclusively on Shudder. Thank you to Shudder. Actually, big shout out to Shudder. They're the ones who sponsor the uh, music. The new... the the mm. the the new uh what what was the children of the corn production company called oh i mean for the most recent children of the corn movie the the ones where it's like a specific like side side label oh i of the production yeah. like like, oh, oh, like dimension oh, uh, extra or it something. was D- dimension extreme dimension that extreme was their, that was their direct t- direct to dvd release you know uh studio yes that is the wish.com version no (laughs) there's some quality stuff there there's some quality stuff there um there's a chance there's always a chance well matt i feel like you've been living in a bit of a hell house this week considering you have been grievously injured i have been i am in great 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 pain and through that, we have found the theme for this week's episode, which is injuries. That's our <laughs> word of the day, folks. Ouchie. Is injury. Big ouchies. Ouchie. Monty, <laughs> Ma- Monty, when you hear the word injury, what immediately comes to mind? Like wrestling-wise? No, just in general. When someone yeah. says the word injury, how does it make you feel? Ah, broken legs, broken hands, things that you walk away from, I guess. Not death. Okay. All right. Well, well, Matt walked away, and today we're going, (coughs) at least I'm going to talk about several injuries I saw firsthand witness accounts in the pro wrestling scene. So some of these, some of these, God knows anytime I get injured. It's for the lamest reasons possible. Well, but I and I was think, trying to think back across all, all of our wrestling show careers together. 
were we ever there for any really severe injuries i think the worst thing the worst thing we saw was the rocky mountain pro one i saw yeah 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 yeah, yeah, that's the worst one i saw the worst one get shoot knocked out at a freelance show um basically basically taking the um the same finisher that daniel bryan uses uh the running knee yeah yeah Someone took a running knee while it's like on their knees and their heads snapped back so hard. They literally went unconscious. Um, that was brutal. The, 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 the Rocky Mountain Pro one we talked about previously, but that was uh, Miranda Gordy gave a wrestler at Rocky Mountain Pro, which is the it was an event born out of the Rocky Mountain Pro wrestling school. So one of their trainees has been wrestling for some time, wrestled actual wrestler. She's traveled around Miranda Gordy. Miranda Gordy gave her a shoot pile driver where she landed legit on her head. Oh my Lord. And we asked them after the show, how she was doing. Uh, Phoebe was the wrestler who got knocked on her head and they said, yeah, She's still banged up pretty bad. Oh my god! Which well, and then, was then they, they, they came was, after you for talking about it, right? They got like mad at us. Yeah. What? What? Well, the the issue was that it would suggest that after being dropped on her head and being motionless in the ring for several minutes, no one bothered to take her to the hospital. Oh my god! On I what that. could have very well been. A broken neck. Uh, so <laughs> when I saw a Rocky Mountain Pro video posted by someone who works for Rocky Mountain Pro, mm-hmm. I voiced my displeasure on Reddit and summarily got into an argument with this absolute nobody who is willing to defend a company that allows wrestlers to be dropped on their head and not give them medical attention. Because that, as we've learned over the past month, is what pro wrestling is. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the Von Erichs. Like, no one needed to care about them or give them attention. If anyone had tried to, you know, they they would have not been nearly as successful. That's right. That's right. Now, Matt, I, I, I've seen my fair share of injuries uh, mm-hmm. in the pro wrestling space. And one I'd like to get started off with. Uh, is one that uh, I found quite disturbing. And what I found more disturbing about it was that I s- I've seen this injury happen twice in person. Okay. I feel like I'm one of the very few people who can say that. Mm-hmm. It's WCW 2001, the very last pay-per-view or maybe third to last pay-per-view. Okay. Uh wcw sin i believe it was january 2001 so third to last the main event is a fatal four-way for the world title but there is going to be a super surprise appearance by a mystery person in the main event right Mm -hmm. before the match one of the competitors sid vicious is told backstage and it's insisted upon him that he needs to do something to stand out and what he's told to do is to do a big boot off the top rope 
Oh, no. Okay, so everyone needs to know Sid Vicious is about 6'10", legit. Yeah. Yeah. He shoots 6'10". He's never done a top rope move in his life. And so him jumping onto both feet is crazy. Mm -hmm. The idea of him jumping off the second or top rope and doing a big boot is pretty crazy. But then again, Sid is the person who brought a squeegee to a fight with Brian Pillman. That is true. And who took his pet squirrel and crushed it on accident when he put it in his pants and it bit his nuts. <laughs> on accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> That was that was in, uh, on, that was on, a leak to so, last week's episode. Yes. So on <laughs> WCW Sin, you see on the television a limo pull up while the action's going on in the ring. Mm-hmm. You see feet walking towards the arena, and in between these cuts, all of a sudden you see Sid lying on the ground in the middle of the ring and his foot is bent at a 90 degree angle the wrong way. Not only did Sid get horrifically injured, which essentially ended his in-ring career, Mm -hmm. but they also missed the shot. Oh, really? To promote... Yeah, they missed the shot. So Sid's wrestling. They cut to the mystery man who's about to debut. They cut back and Sid Vicious is lying on the ground with his foot bent the wrong way. Jesus. Do you know who they missed this injury for? Do you know who the big reveal is? Who do you think would be this earth-shattering reveal for WCW in 2001? Matt, who do you think? 2001 WCW. 2001 WCW. Jeff Jared. Okay. Okay. That's a really good pick there, actually. Monty. <laughs> give me some juicy. Oh, man. Who's going to change the world? Why do I think I remember watching this? Uh, well, I don't know. Who was it, Monty? Yeah, come you on. You can prove us right here. Let your heart sing for us. The very last major debut for WCW in their entire existence was... Was it Legion of Doom? <gasps> Holy shit, Monty, you got it. I remember seeing something, yeah. You almost got it, Monty, <clears throat> mm-hmm. except it wasn't the Legion of Doom. It was oh, just... <laughs> I don't know. It was just... Road Warrior Animal. Oh. It was just one of them. It was just one of them, right? It was was just one of them. It was so bad. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Monty. This (laughs) is really. I just remember it was like one of the. This is why you're our world champion. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That was pretty good. Now, you must be wondering because I was there in the crowd. I was five years old. I can mm-hmm. remember this. I have memory for wrestling and my wife, and that's about it. What did we see in the arena? Mm-hmm. So after weeks of hype, 
we see the action going on in the ring and we see the video on the screen who's it gonna be we're watching the video watching the video mm-hmm. and then everyone in the arena turns to the ring and sees that sid's foot leg is broken oh jeez. Oh. no one in the arena even noticed his leg break if you watch the video because the next night on nitro they replayed it like 40 times oh, of course how, how could you not yeah right yeah. like we need something to fill these two hours guys yeah but you could see the crowd just isn't looking at all because there's the big thing which makes us all ask the question was that... why did sid do it mm-hmm. yeah do you know the individual who told Sid that he had to do this spot? Uh, Eric Bischoff? Jeff Jared. <laughs> Eric Bischoff? John or... Laurinaitis. Yeah! Oh, oh my god. We bring it back together. And then to close, we fast forward 22 years to Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. 2023 and we are watching a pretty good ladder match with four different teams and four tables are set up in front of us at ringside we're at this show as well pentagon or penta el cerro is on the top of the ladder facing the tables and on the other side of the ladder is a prone Dante Martin. Oh no. Jeez. And you know, guys, it's really rare in wrestling where you see something and you go, someone's gonna get hurt here. Yeah, like some bad's real bad's about to happen. In fact, this is probably only the second or third time ever where I thought to myself, someone is going to get hurt here. It was bad enough. I told my wife, I was like, don't look at this. <laughs> yeah, like, look away, honey, look away. <clears throat> They did a Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder into four tables that are set up on the ground. Not in the ring, on the ground. You have to remember, Pentagon did this with one of the Young Bucks years before, and they said it was the single most painful bump they had ever taken in their life. So I don't know why, not not only did they already do this once before and they knew it hurt, They want to do it again and make it harder. Mm. So naturally what happens when you do a Canadian destroyer off the top onto the ground, it's not a clean landing because if it is, Penta's going to break his damn tailbone. So instead Dante slides through the broken table wreckage and the weight of his entire body, which has been flipping somersaulting over lands on his leg which once again is pointed at a 90 degree angle the wrong way. (laughs) Horrifying. I need you guys to know that seeing two of the most gruesome leg injuries ever in person is proof positive that the world does not want me to ever become a wrestler. No. We, we, we all, I also, we also did get viciously inebriated and watched, um, a man get stabbed in the forehead with a fork. So I think that also helped, you know, that narrative as well. 
I will say, though, fork stabbings I'm cool with. You weren't at the time. That's all I'm saying. Which one are you talking about? The AAA show by the mall in in Rosemont. (laughs) AAA show by the mall. There was the cage match. I think it was LAX was in the match before. It was pre-AEW. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... um... That was the one that Eddie Kingston showed yes. up afterwards, right? Yeah, because I didn't oh, know who man. Eddie Kingston was at the time, and you were oh, like, "Oh, that was awesome!" Hey, man, the only thing I remember from that show is Eddie Kingston cutting a hell of a promo. Oh, <laughs> it's the only thing I remember. Well, oh. I remember other things, but for this podcast yes, sake, that's all the you only remember. thing I remember. I yeah, I, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, never mind. I just want to take a moment because a few years ago on this podcast, you know, maybe a year ago. We had our end of year roundup for um, our awards of the year, and we did a we did a little wrestling segment because we had been watching a lot of wrestling, especially during the pandemic. And I said my rising star of the year in wrestling was Eddie Kingston. Yes, and yes, and did. I was I was lambasted heavily. And look at the know. last look at look at what's happened. Who? Really is the now triple crown champion, Teddy I, fucking I think, Kingston. I think to give like a forty-something-year-old a rising star award is is a little weird. I mean, but am I wrong? Was I, I, I wrong? Did his you're career wrong in spirit? His, you're wrong in spirit. I'm I'm wrong. No, because he, his career did rise substantially further from where it was. After that point, after his introduction to AEW, he went from an indie wrestler I had never heard of to a household name in the United States. True. And, you know, one of the things about Eddie Kingston is he works hurt all the time, but he never works injured. Matt, you've been a part of several raucous encounters in the entertainment space. Have you ever seen a particularly leg breaky esque so, uh, injury? Yeah. So, so when I recently broke my finger, I cast my mind back to some injuries that I've had and I've seen. So uh, I, I, I like your account, Ben. So can I, can I, can I weave you guys a tale? Sure. Uh, Weave I, away. <laughs> I, I want you to cast your minds back to the 2010, uh, 2010s. Okay. So in the in the 2010s, you know, we were uh, Ben Ben and I. Sorry, Monty. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still in high school. Um, uh, ben and I both graduated high school around 2013. Um, and at that around. time, <laughs> well, at that time. One of the most popular genres of music we had out there was metalcore. Now, we had seen the rise of metalcore in the early 2000s as emo began to take over. We saw bands like Avenged Sevenfold, Lamb of God, Suicide Silence really kind of hitting their peak. But the bands that were really kind of cresting that wave were bands like Escape the Fate, My Coco Romance, and very famously... Ronnie Radke. Now, do either of you know the Ronnie Radke story? I know it vaguely. I know that everyone thinks he's an asshole and he dates Soraya in AEW now. Yeah, okay. So that that makes sense for what you understand. Monty, do you have any idea who this man is? No. Do you know who the band Escape the Fate is? No. Okay. We'll, We'll rectify that before the end of the day. But... 
the to put it up in in around the two in the early two thousand late two thousands early two thousand tens, a brand new band called Escape the Fate rises to fame. Uh, they play an amazing kind of mix of uh, like hair metal meets metalcore. It's predominantly these uh, clean sung vocals with occasional screams. It's really accessible and it's very fun. Now, the band reaches their height partially because of the prestige and the power of their frontman, Ronnie Radke. Unfortunately, that all comes to a screaming halt when Ronnie Radke is put in prison. Now, we don't have to get into the reasons Ronnie was arrested. Basically, he was around when a really bad crime happened and he didn't do anything, but he ended up going to prison because he was basically guilty by association. So is, what this, it, is this like a is this like a Vince McMahon type thing? No, not not at all. He was genuinely okay. he was genuinely it was not even convicted of doing any crime. He was just there and he got into a fight with a guy who then that guy later got shot by someone that he knew is from my if I remember. But he didn't okay. like actually kill anybody. He didn't go to prison for that. So and, he's associated with with killy people but he's not a killy person yeah that's right and he was he was at the time uh suffering from addiction and got clean through this process now when he goes to prison much to his chagrin at the time and the, the beef has been squashed but escaped the fate like moved on got a new singer distanced themselves heavily from ronnie refused to work with him when he got out of prison and so that that led to ronnie forming his own band falling in reverse now this is a band that became near and dear to my heart. Um, I am unabashedly a Falling Reverse fan. I think Ronnie Radke gets a huge amount of shit nowadays. And he did at the time, but that's just the kind of guy he is. So in two- give, a, give us like a flavor of this. Are we saying that he deserves the shit he gets now? Because like from what I hear, people utterly despise this man. Yeah, it's a real 50-50 bag of hatred. Like, he's pretty incendiary towards people online, and sometimes it's justified, and sometimes it's really not. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like, a, so we should look at him like Ric Flair. Without any of, like, the brutal sexual assault or, like, really terrible yeah. things. He's like, he said yeah. some problematic things about, like, trans and LGBTQ people, but he's, like, then clarified what he was saying and didn't mean it in a hateful way. It's... It's nuanced. We don't need to get into it because if we got into okay. it now, it would be okay. like a right, right, huge right. That, can that would of be worms. The episode. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. We can come back to that. But so in 2011, he releases one of the most, one of the biggest albums to ever hit the metalcore scene, The Drug in Me Is You, an album that now Ronnie kind of cringes at selfishly. I mean, not uh, selflessly, because to be honest, the lyrics are pretty cringy for um for 2011 especially nowadays what, but what, what's the name of the song the the name of the album is the drug in me is you <laughs> okay yeah. is there a specific song <laughs> oh no there's a song called the drug in me is yeah you. yeah but okay. um here I'll, I'll i'll give you i'll give you a rendition i heard a knock upon my door the other day I opened okay. it to find death staring in my face. Yeah, yeah. but here, Ben, the here's, feel. Of, yes, here, here's the here's one of the songs that I know very specifically. Okay. Um, 
uh, he's not very proud of. And it's a song called I'm Not a Vampire. And it goes, well, I'm not a vampire, but I feel like one. Sometimes I sleep all day because I hate the sunlight. (laughs) My hands are always shaking, body always aching, and the dark is when I feed. Well, I can lure any woman that I want into my bed with me, and whiskey seems to be my holy water. (laughs) Mothers better lock their doors and hide their daughters. I'm insane. Well, I can feel it in my bones, coursing through my veins. When did I become so cold? For goodness sakes, where is my self-control? If home is where the heart is, then my heart has lost all hope. Well, I'm not a zombie, but I feel like one today. Self-induced comatose chemical days. Um, now, okay. Now, I feel like, like a Genetti. lady that is pregnant with a baby because I'm always throwing up. Yep. Now, okay. So Great even, song. even Ronnie, uh, who wrote the, all these songs, wrote a lot of these while he was in prison, has admitted they're pretty, pretty bad. Like at least very pretty like yikes. He also has a song called Bad Girls Club from his 2013 album, uh, but we don't need to go there. And now I will say, even then, I did like this album. I lis- I've listened to pretty much everything Ronnie Radke has released, but the controversy with Ronnie didn't stop upon his release from prison. Now, he built a very big following for himself. He's a very charismatic, very he's got the it factor. You know what I mean? Like he's the type of person that commands your presence and gets the attention because of his personality. Like, like, uh, uh, like the lead singer of my chemical romance, Gerard way, who's just, has a very like noticeable face, great personality, amazing stage presence. This stage presence led to the even more tremendous rise of metalcore in the popular culture. Now, who here has been to Six Flags Great America or any Six Flags Adventure Park in the country? Ooh, ooh, I went there. I watched uh I watched Shutter movies. Yes, we I did. Ma- Monty, and I assume you've been to it. Well, well, we were on the carousel. That was great. That's a story for another time. Uh <laughs> Monty, you've been to a mini amusement park, right? Yeah. So you know how in, in around Halloween they'll do like a like a fright fest, so to speak, right? Yeah. Now, at the time, in the 2000s, the, the kind of crowd you want to attract to your amusement park for a Halloween event are, you know, 11 to 18-year-olds. You want to get that young, you know, young demographic, that 18 to, to 35, that 12 to 18 demographic, right? Sure. So, that sounds it, kind of disturbing, but sure. <laughs> it's true. If you're, if you're a business like this, that's Disney. Disneyland wants five-year-olds and obsessives like Ben. That's it. There's no in between. Now, what? don't worry about it. Now, <laughs> one of the things that Six Flags, who is a major you know chain in the U.S., wanted to do was host concerts. They wanted to put on these big festivals at their different venues. Places like Universal at the time had hosted bands like Thirty Seconds to Mars, um, Michael Mucker Romance, and all of these other big projects. So, um, in New Jersey, at the Six Flags Great America, New Jersey. They have their festival. Um, yes, it is festival. <laughs> it's their festival, <laughs> which, which was going to be one of the first ever metal slash hardcore um, 
concerts ever put on by a place like um, Six Flags Great America. And this was big. It was going to be headlined by um, uh, Falling in Reverse and had several other um, other bands on the bill. I'm trying to... I believe in you. I also appreciate, Matt, uh, that you referred to Six Flags as an amusement park and not a theme park. Thank you, because <laughs> amusement my... parks are based on the rides and theme parks are about IP-based experiences and not necessarily thrills. So thank you, Matt, for that just distinction. Even though Six Flags Great America is sections that are specifically catering towards a specific IP that does not make them a theme park, that makes them an amusement park because the rides take the first priority and there is less world building in the park itself. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Ben. Now, one of the things that I really love about this is that the Six Flags branded Halloween festival is called Fright Fest. So sponsored by Snickers in 2012 and they wanted to put on their festival. So it was being headlined by falling in reverse um, with opening bands. We came as Romans, another band. I love Uh, Norma Jean, a band. I hate Uh, Texas in July, a band. I don't care about Uh, born of Osiris, which uh, frequent guests on the show. Kyle is a huge fan of, Um, and me and him have seen them live together. Uh, And then a bunch of other bands that no one's ever cared about. Now, what Ron, about my ticket home? Nope, nope. Again, no one cares about them and no one remembers who or, they are. Or Dream for Tomorrow? I've seen Dream for Tomorrow live twice. Don't have zero interest. Um, okay. I, the breather, is fine. But what it boils down to is that Ronnie's got this big moment, right? It's another big moment for Falling Reverse. I had just seen them headlining at a festival in, in Florida. And so I was really pumped and I was tempted actually to go up to this because I love horror festivals and, and haunted houses, but I decided to stay home and I'm glad I did because one of the biggest controversies to follow Ronnie around in his early days of falling reverse was one of the most notorious concert injuries that doesn't involve a bunch of people dying. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and this is, this is funny because what happened what what happened at one of the first times i saw falling in reverse in chicago was i met a friend there and we met at the show it was our first time meeting we were we were having a great time and then right during the second to last song a crowd surfer goes over my head and kicks her in the forehead knocking her unconscious (laughs) um which was brutal and we'll talk about fozzy in a little bit here but what happens at this story in 2012 is that Ronnie Radke goes up on stage and in the middle of their set launches his mic stand directly into the crowd. Not his microphone, his entire mic stand. So uh, so I, I just want to say before you continue. Yeah. I went to a Rolling Stones concert and Alice Cooper was mm. the opener. And he threw his metal cane out into the crowd. So I I have seen something similar done before. However, a mic stand is not meant to be portable like a cane. So even if it's the same material, that's a lot more weight. Yes. So what ended up happening was one, uh, uh, two different people in the crowd got pretty badly injured. Uh, a young, a youngish girl ended up with a gash across her forehead and another Ooh. guy ended, ended up with a concussion. 
Um, now cut to a little bit after that and people in, in 2020 and people have really kind of brought this back up. Um, and people, you know, are like, you know, railing at, at Ronnie and notoriously at the time, six flag said, this was our first metal show. And that was our last. Um, and they, they start true to that. They never hosted another uh, event again. And we go a little bit into the future and people bring it up to Ronnie. They're like, hey, man, are you ever going to apologize for what you did with the mic stand? And he and Ronnie is quoted as saying, I'm never going to apologize for that because that lady got almost half a million dollars out of me um, in repercussions for getting hurt. And for majority, everyone's like, haha, OK, fine. And most of us thought that was the end of it. Um, but you cut to two years ago. Um, Ronnie Radke is now in his rap metal phase that he's in right now, which is cool. He's pretty innovative in that regard. He kind of hit that stride before everyone else did. And he releases a hugely popular song with currently 37 million views on, on YouTube called zombified. Now in the course of that music video, there is a moment where Ronnie Radke picks up a mic stand and kills a zombie and then immediately says, they'll never <laughs> let go of something you said 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and that's that's my favorite injury story that's ever happened at a show because ten, almost, more than 10 years later, Ronnie Radke follows it up with a, a shot at everyone who complained about it um by uh putting it in one of his music videos you know he had that one loaded in the chamber oh, for yeah. so long yeah so and, long and the reason i chose that story is because every other story i remember being a part of uh involved someone dying uh pretty horrifically like one of my yeah favorite we've pe- had a we, we, we've had a lot of death and sadness on this show lately. Yeah. One of my favorite bands of all time from the era, Miss May I, um, had this great underground tour they were doing. They were playing a bunch of small venues. Uh, and at one of their shows, a dude stage dived off the crown, uh, off the stage, hit his head so hard that as he was exiting the venue, uh, venue, he collapsed and died Oh, uh, wow. because of enormous like, brain hemorrhaging. Um, yeah. And then more recently in, uh, Illinois, uh, in a a town called Belvedere where Ben and I saw a wonderful band called Necrogoblicon. Um, Uh, yes. Yeah. So you went, did you know what happened at that venue, Ben? No, Uh, a small tornado came through during an anthrax show that I was supposed to be at and the entire roof collapsed, killing one person and injuring 40 because the, wow. the roof inside the venue fell in. Wow. Well, I'm happy you were not there, man. I am happy too, especially because yeah. you know back in in 2015, a band called Good uh, Goodbye to Gravity uh, had a incident where there in at a nightclub, their entire pyro tech, technical set all went off at once and killed 27 people what yeah man the only pyro incident i ever saw was at a elimination chamber one year undertaker was coming out and they accidentally set his fire pyro off too early so they just engulfed the undertaker in flames yeah i saw that (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, there's video of that too. You see Undertaker sprinting to the ring on fire. Honestly, it looked really cool. Although, yeah, no, in Undertaker the moment it was like rad as hell. Yeah, that's terrible. Twenty-seven people got yeah. blown up by fireworks. People Damn. were. The quote is: "People were fainting. They were they were fainting from the smoke. It was total chaos. People were trampling on each other." A witness told Romania Antenna Three TV. It was a tragedy that could have been avoided if there had been more organization in the emergency effort. They they then set fire to wood inside the building, which burned everything really quickly. It was made worse by the fact that there was only one way out through a tiny door. Well, did you know in 2000 that Johnny Stamboli tore his urethra. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow, we're there we're we really go. we're really hitting the hot the beats here today. He did a springboard leg drop onto a floor. Sorry, Matt, you you haven't been here for all of the the truly uh, uh, heart wrenching stuff. Even last week, which was lighter, still had a lot of very sordid rumors. Yeah, um, the. The, the 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 death smell that's been lingering at fourth times the charm I, I i think monty maybe your translations from the sunsets in the east might be negatively impacting us here <laughs> I, I think we're we're conjuring some bad spirits here yeah we're, we're we're messing with things maybe we shouldn't be but hey you know monty you you did mention uh before we were recording you were asking me in wrestling uh, has there ever been a time when an injury causes a match to get uh, changed mm. midway through? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Just last year, New Japan Pro Wrestling had a show to crown the first ever New Japan Strong Women's Champion. It was a one-night um. tournament, and the finals were Willow Nightingale, current AEW wrestler, wrestling Mercedes Monet, the former Sasha Banks in WWE. This was Mercedes' match to win. The belt was essentially made for her. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate for her that she would injure herself in the finals of the tournament against Willow. Uh, she got knocked off the top rope, and instead of catching herself on the apron... She missed the apron and fell straight to the ground. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So she broke her ankle of, of some sort. And so she wrestled another two-ish minutes just to get to the finish. But it was bad enough that they knew pretty quickly, okay, I'm going to be gone for a while. Yeah, we got to call an and audible so it was here. Vi- yeah. So we, it was weird watching it live because we're on the other side of the ring. So we see Mercedes miss the apron. And we just hear. Ah! Oh. oh. Shit. As as she crashes. The, she knew what was coming. Yeah. She, anyway, she limps into the ring. Willow hits her finishing move, which thank goodness it does not require any leg strength from Mercedes Willow's strong as hell. So she's able to just deadlift her one, two, 
the referee insists that there was a two count. And both Mercedes and Willow stare at him with the fury of a thousand suns. As Willow now has to get up again, deadlift Mercedes again, and hit another doctor bomb while trying to avoid injuring her further. One, two, three. We have a new champion, Willow Nightingale, who was not intended to win to begin with. And it was for as much as it sucked for Mercedes. Mm -hmm. It was a really cool moment after the match that you saw Willow, who up until that point had been really someone who just ate pins for AEW and Ring of Honor and New Japan that all of a sudden she gets the belt. She's worried about Mercedes. And then she looks at the belt and she realizes, Oh, I just, I just beat the top unsigned woman in women's wrestling. I just became the first ever new Japan strong women's champion. And I think my career just got made by her getting injured and, and seeing the cavalcade of emotions on her face mm-hmm. in that like three second stare at that title. And all of a sudden, let me tell you, Willow was very overwhelmed. Oh, oh yeah. It was, but I mean, it was, it was great for her. I mean, it's, I mean, it launched her career and over the last eight months, she's built up a very steady and strong resume in AEW. Yeah, she's, she's owned up. She's she's taken on the weight of the situation well. Yeah, she took the ball and she ran with it. So good for her. But it shows how in an extemporaneous art form like wrestling, sometimes you're just handed opportunities. And if you're ready for that position like Willow in a fraction of a second or in a fracture of a second your entire world can can change for the better yeah uh and mercedes is about to sign a big money contract if she hasn't already so you know everyone ended up winning from this but seeing her reaction go from i'm worried about mercedes to holy shit i just (laughs) i've become the star of the show all of a sudden was a complete roller coaster for everyone involved is there My, a video of it on YouTube? Yeah, you can watch the whole uh, match. The, you can watch the whole match somewhere. New Japan's very protective of their videos. Oh, but I can okay. I can scope it out. But yeah, I I think now that after hearing both your stories, I know mine's won't be as descriptive as yours, but mm-hmm. the one injury that I've watched was I think a uh kickboxing match i forget if it was in japan or was it in thailand and i've dabbled in kickboxing a bit yeah Yeah. and um yeah this is gonna be a very quick one i remember watching a fight and i think the fight ended like abruptly and you don't know why because it was kind of like shot in the uh, kind of like the 80s style wrestling where it doesn't zoom in on the wrestler. It just You just see them walking around the mat. Ben knows what I'm talking about. You know, like you, you just that frontal scene. And anyways, one of them just falls to the ground. And then you hear the announcer who is in, in English says, I think he broke his leg. And because the, the kick was so fast, you yeah. don't see it. 
And then when they showed it in slow-mo, so just picture this, uh, like a guy doing, um, a guy doing a low sweep kick at a very fast pace to try to get at the guy's knee, but the other, the opponent raised, you know, like the Muay Thai style, they raised their knee. Yeah, they checked the kick. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as his, the, 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 the attacker, the, the offense guy, he mm-hmm. kicks the guy's and it hits the knee in slow motion. You just see his foot, like shin downwards, flop backwards. Ooh. And they, and then when they uh, replayed it in in normal time with the sound, you actually hear it, and it was like, it was like a really loud. Uh, have you guys ever like? picked up a piece of, of, of wood, like a, a, a stem or a branch that's yeah. kind of dry. And then you snap it across your knee, like yep. that sound. It was really loud. It actually echoed through the arena. Oh. <laughs> and, and I thought that oh. they, that was like, you know, just someone, you know, with the, you know, those uh, firecrackers or whatever, they were just popping yeah. it or something like that. But it was actually the guy's shin snapping at that speed. And at, against that you know that hard <laughs> hard knee of the other person it was just yeah mm. uh but yeah that that was the only graphical one well, that i recall and that that <laughs> reminds me of the the most probably the most famous mma injury of all time mm. which is when the same exact thing happened to chris weidman he went yes. to throw a low shin kick at mm-hmm. anderson silva anderson catch ch- checks the kick and Chris Weidman's leg wraps around oh. um, his leg. It is one of the most disgusting. I watched that live on TV, and it was one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. And it solidified my love for MMA from that point forward. <laughs> I, I love that we started and ended this podcast talking about leg breaks mm-hmm. <laughs> in combat sports. It's necessary. It's it's the most it's the most necessary form of injury sometimes. Yeah. Leg injuries are are probably the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Like with an arm break, it's not I mean like like they can be brutal, but they're not as long as a leg. No. A leg is so long that when something breaks, it's just so stark, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I'll, and one I'll, one last thing I'll mention is I think the most brutal thing I've ever seen at a concert was uh, leaving uh, Slayer's last show ever in Chicago. I saw a woman get her femur broken. How? Uh, someone fell. And, 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 and figure out a way, Matt, to in this with the fourth times the charm okay so actually so i've seen slayer four total times the first time i saw slayer i was they were playing at a festival and i was like oh that was cool and i expected the crowd to be really sketchy and kind of nervous but it you know really it was pretty chill it was a great show good good time and i was like well i didn't really live up to the insanity i expected Second time was at a, the same type of festival a couple years later. Bigger pyro, bigger stage performance. The crowd was a lot heavier. I was much more willing to mosh. So I got into it and I got banged up a little bit, but nothing too crazy happened. The third time I got, I went to see them, that was the time I was like, all right, this is going to be real. Because it was them headlining, not a festival. They were playing with another thrash band. And 
I was like, okay, something fucking insane is going to happen at their show. There was a man in military fatigues walking around the edge of the pit, punching himself in the head in the lead up to the Slayer set. And I'm like, great. I'm not Good getting Lord. in that. Yeah, it was terrifying. So I literally got out of the pit and was like, I'm not dying tonight. But then again, nothing really happened. It was just a bunch of dudes running up and down a hill. Is is this like the most aggressive tight level of concert goers you've seen? outside of like people who are there to actually like really cause like true viciousness like this is yeah. this when it comes to popular metal yes mm. yeah um, they're, they're not trying to hurt people well no they are just not to the well, extent that like hardcore fans are con- consensual pain yeah it's more consensual but you know and, and the first three times nothing really tremendously crazy happens Cut to a few years ago, Slayer is on their final tour ever, and they decide to play Riot Fest in Chicago. Now, at this point, I had seen Slayer four times, and I really didn't want to stay for the entire Slayer show. So, I waited, and I waited, I listened to a couple of the big tracks, and then they play their song, War. Great song, huge pit. In the middle of the song, I hear this loud scream behind me, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Someone must really like this song. The song ends and I'm like, cool, I'm out. And I turn around to leave when I see a whole group of people all freaking out and huddled around where I saw that, heard that scream come from. So I go to poke my head over and you know what happened, Ben? It wasn't, it wasn't the first time I saw Slayer that something crazy happened. It wasn't the second time. It wasn't the third (laughs) time. And, and because the fourth time is the charm, that woman got a, 250 pound man falling directly on the side of her leg and her femur snapping in half from the weight oh and that's why the fourth time's the charm everybody oh bone was out bone was out oh Oh. good night forever with the underground good morning Oh, man. Well, with that... Say the line! Talk to y'all later.